if I'm getting paid for a video, you know, I want to put like the most of my time and my effort into something that I feel passionate about because that person feels passionate about it. So it's a lot of thinking and a lot of movie watching and a lot of music video watching. And um, pretty much every time I watch a movie, I'm like seeing like a scene or a setting. I'm like, oh, like I want to do that. Let me like write that down. Like that's like a cool setting. This is Commonplace, the show about creative people and the things that inspire them. I'm Nathan Thomas. Today on the show, we have Dylan Smith, a music video director that specializes in high-energy rap videos. He's made videos for past guests Mr. Awful and Bunny Money, as well as 3D Geo, City Phil, and Shalem. He's got a video coming out later this month with Father, who will be performing with Shalem and Mr. Awful at The Loud on Saturday, September 24th. In the conversation, Dylan talks about his journey as a filmmaker and tells stories behind his videos, but we start out talking about something we have in common, going through classes at Marshall University in their journalism department. Um, taught me to be professional and um, to say something with my work you know a lot of my work pre like senior year of video production school I think a lot of my stuff just didn't have a point and it was just for fun and I really learned through um, Tija and some other professors and um, you, you know the, your work has to be purposeful and um, I think I was just making stuff to make stuff, but then I, I it really helped me upgrade to a to a thinking process that was like, okay, you know, going you're going out there and you're making what you love, but also you know it's got to be um, passionate and have a meaning and um, something that you can also balance to make money off of, and sort of um, bringing all those aspects together. And you know, uh, it brought a professionalism to my to my mindset that I don't think I would have had without it. Did you do any sort of like video making stuff in high school too, or was it predominantly like once you got to college? Yeah, I did a lot of um, like short films and stuff in high school. Um, I did one that I entered in the Marshall Film Festival when I was like a senior in high school called Blood Drive, and it had to do, it was really silly, and it had to do with like Dracula stealing cars, and we used like, you know, some local car lots and got them involved, and he's like going around stealing cars, and people can't see him coming because. They can't see him in the rearview mirrors. And it was funny, you know? And so um, I entered that in one of the Marshall Film Festivals um, when I was a senior in high school. And then when I got to college, I was in one of my very first um, classes at the art building. And uh, some people were talking about the short film festival, like uh, talking about this film or that film. And, and this guy said, oh, my gosh, I watched this one called Blood Drive. It was really funny. I, you know, And so I, I mentioned over to the guy, and I said uh, – you know, that was me. I, you know, my name is Dylan Smith. I directed it. And he was like, oh my gosh. Um, then it was Caden Tooley, one of my frequent collaborators. And uh, I said, man, there was this film that the other night. Did you see it? Uh, it was at, at the most recent film festival. I said it was called The Filmmaker. It was so awesome, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I made that. And so we immediately just clicked and started making stuff. So then I really started making a lot of stuff with Caden and other people at the, the video school. So that was another thing that it brought was a lot of like connections. And um, we started making a short film series called Skull Crusher. And uh, we, we did like five episodes of that, but we were really involved in that. You know, Caden was um, filming and shooting it and everything, and I was directing and um, bringing the cast together. And sort of we were both working together to assemble a story, and, um, but it was sort of 
on the fly. There was no script beforehand. There was no, um, I guess, ending point that we were trying to make. We were just making stuff up, but we ended up having like over like, I think like over 40 or 50 actors throughout the, the course of the entire thing. And it was a super fun process, you know, and, um, then we ended up making other stuff. We ended up making like a 30 minute horror film called Camp Arrowhead that was like, uh, filmed all on location at like a church camp, you know, and it was kind of fun to, to do like something a little bit risque, um, you know, kids getting killed and, you know, having sex and stuff. That's sort of like my vibe. I, I love that type of, uh, funny tongue in cheek type, type stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, I did, I did start making stuff in high school, but it did get supercharged in college with meeting Caden and just meeting everybody and, and collaborating on different stuff like that. Yeah, the things that I made in high school were just, like, two, three-minute, like, YouTube action shorts. Right. One of my friends was real into, like, After Effects and figuring out how to make, like, the uh, gunshots look good, oh, even dope. though you're using, like, uh, airsoft guns as your actual props. Sure. Yeah, we've all been there. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw one of the Skull Crushers at one of those Marshall Film Festivals. I'm not sure if it was the semester I had a music documentary I made screened or if it was the year after that. Uh, but I remember it was the one where there was the shootout in, like, the empty, like, warehouse or something. Like, that of was course. the big, like, Mexican standoff. Of course. Um, that was, like, a super fun episode to make because we just uh, – so we wanted to bring another character into it. You know, originally starred um, Braden Hammer as the Skull Crusher, but the second episode, you know, we, we wanted him to have sort of like an adversary or an enemy. So Nick Whitmore, um, he was doing a lot of stand-up comedy around the area at the time. He wanted to act. Um, I loved the guy since high school, so we, we wanted to bring him in, and he showed up, and we were going to have, you know, Braden and Skull Crusher, he wore a black leather jacket. So we were thinking, you know, what would his adversary wear? Like, um, my mom had a red leather jacket. So we're like, oh, let's find somebody to wear this red leather jacket. So Nick shows up to my mom's house. I was, um, this was like freshman year of college. She lived with my mom, you know, um, Nick shows up and he walks in, he's got a huge medical boot on. He'd like broken his leg. And, uh, we're like, what's up, man? He's like, I'm ready to act. And we're like, what do you wear? And he's like, I broke my leg. And so we were like, oh my gosh, like, what do we do here? You know? And, um, it's like, well, we're going to put him in the red leather jacket. So we put it on him and he's just wearing this boot and he just looks ridiculous. And we're all dying laughing. And, uh, we're like, let's take this off and we can't do this. We you know, we're, we're going to have to create a character around him with this broken leg. And so, uh, he's like, yeah, let me run to my car real quick. And so we all look outside and he's got this bright red car and we're like, oh my gosh, he's got a red car. Let's put him in the red, the red leather, the red car. Let's make this big joke out of it. So, you know, the first scene, um, he's chasing a guy in the red car and the red leather and he gets out and he wobbles on the boot and he goes over and he beats the guy down and uses his leg to stomp him in and um, his leg in the cast. And so when he stomps him, we used a melon and, and swapped his head out. And the melon explodes. And um, we utilized a lot of local locations. And um, we filmed some on-scene stuff on Marshall's campus. And, like, random people hopped in. And it was a lot of fun. So that was, like, a really special episode. And well, with this no-budget filmmaking, and, like, I've experienced this, too, it's very, like, on the fly, just get to the location, shoot, and hope you finish it before someone uh, shoes you off. Of course, exactly. Uh, and uh, just using whatever happens to, like, you know, bring that into the story, like with, you know, the uh, adapting to the boot there. Right, exactly. Uh, so, but now you're doing mostly, like, music video work right now? Correct. When you work with an artist, how much is it, 
you reaching out to someone or are they coming to you or is it about 50 50 it's about 50 50 um it just depends uh, a lot of it's just been sort of like um cause and effect i meet one person and i meet another person through them and it just sort of falls into line um something that i guess got me started uh that was a big reach out for me was i uh, to back up and give some backstory, I was living uh, with Trey Cobb in Myrtle Beach in 2016, right after high school, and um, I was working at Johnny Rockets, and I was listening to SoundCloud like all the time, and uh, I, Lil Yachty had just come out um, with his first thing. It was called like the Summer Songs EP, and I was listening to a lot of him and uh, like just like those early SoundCloud rappers, and uh, so I'm at Johnny Rockets one day, and I have this table uh, with her mom and son and somebody else, and they're talking about Young Thug. And uh, so I said, what do you guys know about Young Thug? Just kind of joking. And the kid said, oh, I've got a picture with him. And I was like, oh, really? Let me see it. So you showed me this picture with Young Thug. And I was like, wow, that's really, really cool. And uh, she said, yeah, I'm actually very close friends with an, an up-and-coming rapper's mom. And I was like, oh, who is it? And she said, well, you probably don't know him. He's not very big yet. And this, uh, this was like 2015 or 2016. And she said it was Lil Yachty. And I said, oh, no way. I love him so much. And she was like, no, you have to, you've got to sing one of his songs. You know, and so I sang one of his songs and she was like, oh, my gosh, oh my gosh, well, we're going to get in, get you in contact with him and his mom. And I was like, no way. So um, I went back and I told Trey and we were we were like ecstatic. And then it was just radio silence for like three weeks. So then after three weeks, I get a call from Atlanta and um, this woman's on the phone and she's like, hey, um, you know, this is Miles, mom. And I was like, who? And uh, she's like, this is Miles, mom. And I was like, who? And she's like, Lil Yachty. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Hey. Um, so Trey and I, so she said, you know, we're doing this show in Charlotte, um, to sell up, you know, one of the, the first shows on his tour to, to for his first, first album, Lil Boat. And so, um, Trey and I drove down to Charlotte and, uh, there was a huge line. And at first we were waiting in line and, and she came outside and greeted us and, uh, she brought us in and we went into a little room and we met, um, Yachty and a lot of other people that were on his sailing team at the time. Um, big brother Chubba and, uh, this guy named the, uh, Burberry Perry, and I was a super big fan of his at the time. And um, what was really cool was we, we, we talked to them all for a little while. And um, uh, like one thing that was really funny is like we went in uh, with Yachty, and he was like notoriously eating like Little Caesars pizza. And uh, he was like, "Where's my grill? I can't find my grill." And it was like literally under like a piece of pizza, like in the box. And it was like really funny. Um, but uh, so anyways, I take this picture with Burberry Perry. I'm super, I'm super excited to take this picture and it comes out super blurry. And I'm like, going at the picture. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? And, uh, he comes over, he's like, Hey man, let's take another picture. Like that wasn't a very good one. And I was just like, oh, that was so dope. And so we start striking up a conversation. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just love this dude. And so I became a huge fan of his over the years and just like, um, religiously listened to Perry. Um, and he sort of transitioned into a new name after some, um, some situations, uh, he changed from Burberry Perry to the good Perry. And so I, uh, I had this big following with him and, um, I went to a ton of, of, of shows, um, through Yachty's mom with Trey, uh, and just, and just loved Perry. I saw him at Rolling Loud and all this stuff. And so, um, fast forward, like a few years later, I'm doing like short films and ads and stuff. And, uh, I was, I was fulfilled, but I just, something was missing, you know, and I love listening to rap music and I love like the SoundCloud genre so much. And, um, I saw that Perry was doing a solo show in Miami and, um, my girlfriend and I were sort of looking for a place to vacation soon. So I was like, Oh, you know, I want to, I want to go to this. I want to, I'd never done a music video or anything. I was like, I want to try to do a music video for this guy, you know? And so, um, so I started talking to my friends and everything and they're like, well, what are you going to show him? Like, you've never done a music video. So like, well, I'm going to show him these ads and you know, they're like, no, you got to do a music video. So 
Um, I contacted local rapper Shalem. You know, uh, we were good buddies, and I had worked on the set of some other music videos he had done with Caden Tooley. So, you know, um, something that I, you know, I, I watched this one music video. Um, uh, for insp- I was watching music videos for inspiration. I'm like, oh, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? I'm going to try to make a music video, sort of like a business card to show this guy, the good Perry, in Miami. Like, I'm going to try to get in there, talk to him see if he remembers me from years ago and then show him a video like a business card and sort of say, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about this. I love your work. I'd love to work with you. Let's do something. And so, um, something that I, so I was watching music videos as inspiration and, uh, I stumbled upon this video, um, called last night by an artist called Dracovi. And, um, I just like fell in love with it and it's, and it's, uh, it's him in, in Miami and he's on the boat with these girls and it's, it's sort of tongue and cheeky, you know, he's like in a jersey and he's lifting up a bottle in slow motion. And it's sort of silly and funny. And these girls are like dancing on a boat and acting like, you know, they don't care. And I was just like, oh, I could do this. You know, I love this type of work. I, um, something that I, that I love in film is like, um, like funny, like sex comedies and tongue and cheeky sexploitation and like 40 year old virgin and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, let's like, let's try to incorporate that level of like funny sex comedy, but into a music video, you know, and, um, so I contacted Shalem. I was like, let me do a music video for you. You know, I'd love to do a music video for you. So I was obsessed at the time with this movie called Toxic Avenger. Um, it's like a trauma film from the early 80s. And it's like a horror comedy parody of like the Incredible Hulk on Friday the 13th, like mashed together. And uh, it was originally called like Health Club Horror. And it like takes place in a YMCA. And um, basically there's all these hot girls in this YMCA and this like nerdy kid is going through it. He's like, and he's just, you know, fascinated with all these, you know, um, girls and just gawking at him and everything. And, uh, so I was like, Oh, you know, I was so obsessed with that. I'm like, I love this shot. Let's try to incorporate that with Shalem. So, um, I went to the YMCA across the street from my house and I talked to the guy behind the counter and he was totally down for it. Um, and then I incorporated like, um, a bunch of my girlfriend's friends, um, my ex roommate, um, was a total ladies man. So I had, you know, him incorporate like a bunch, a bunch of his friends. And so we ended up having like, um, 15 or 16 girls and they all came to the YMCA and we did this big toxic Avenger inspired shoot where Shalem is sort of going through the YMCA. He's actually being pulled on a dolly cart and he's being propelled, just gawking at all these girls. And he just can't believe they're working out, um, sort of working out for him in a sense. And so we did that music video, you know, for dirt cheap. Um, and then, I took that, we, me and my girlfriend went down to Miami and we went to the venue super, super early in the day and we just waited outside. And at first it didn't even look like, um, a venue. It literally just looked like a warehouse. And I was like, there's no way like the show's going to be here, you know? And we waited forever. And then finally like somebody showed up and they started carrying boxes of wires in and stuff like that. So, um, I was sort of like tracked, um, everybody that Perry was involved with, um, in the show on Instagram and seeing, you know, who was going to be there and tried to memorize some faces. So a guy that was opening for him, I think his name was like Lebo or, Lido or I think it was Lebo so I saw him like walking in with his girlfriend so I ran in and um when he was opening the door he had stuff so I, I opened the door I'm like oh let me hold this for you so I go in and um we're super super early and Perry's just just sitting there waiting doing sound check and everything so I go up and I'm like oh what's up man and he turns around and he immediately oh, oh something that was something that was interesting is someone on Twitter had that inspired me to do this was something somebody on Twitter asked Perry one time in a Q&A what his favorite show that he'd ever done was and he said oh I've done hundreds of shows and he said my favorite would probably be the show in Charlotte North Carolina and it was the show that Trey and I had gone to and taken that photo so I was like oh my gosh so that really inspired me um so he turned around and immediately recognized me and it was it was just an awesome moment and um so we started taking pictures, we started talking, all this stuff, we had a few drinks, and then finally I started showing him the video, and he was just like, oh my gosh, we gotta go outside and watch this, and 
that was like a huge honor. So, so we ran outside and watched it and we were just really clicking and vibing. And, um, you know, he was like, I'm going to be a f- here a few more days. Let's hang out. And I was like, Oh, I've got, you know, I've got to go home like that type of thing. And he was like, well, where do you live? Like, I'd love to come. And I said, you know, Huntington, West Virginia. And he said, Huntington, Virginia. Oh my gosh, you know, let's do it. And so, uh, so we brought Perry into to Huntington, West Virginia. He liked the Shalem video enough to come here and, and do a video. Um, so we came and we decided to do two videos. And, uh, so one video I really wanted to have sort of like a higher budget, um, sort of like sci-fi ish, like cinematic experience. Like, um, you know, I heard one time, um, that like watching lyrical lemonades videos was like watching Saturday morning cartoons, you know? And, um, so I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I love cinema so much. Like, um, what if like we took like our music videos to the level of like cinema, like, let's make it like you're watching like a little movie, like Caden, my guy is super, super professional about like his camera work and just making sure, you know, everything works in the shot. And, um, you know, he's very particular. And so, um, I'm sort of a fast mover and, um, I don't take too, too long on a shot or anything. And, um, I like to kind of get through it. And, but I like, I I care about the setup, you know, it's all about the setup and the costumes that go into it. And, um, so that's why we work really well together. So, you know, when Perry was coming into town, um, we had to bring a lot of people on board. And so Perry and I talked like vigorously, uh, FaceTiming like every single morning. Um, he was in LA at the time and, uh, we were just talking about what the video was going to be like. And he was sending me inspirations and shots from the matrix and, um, just really cool, like color inspired shots of models and stuff like that. And, uh, so I had seen that Ellen Chambers and Nakia Bell were doing some awesome style stuff on Instagram. And, um, they were just like constantly dressing up and holding like samurai swords and having chains draped on them and like cutting up fabric and stitching it together and just like super dope stuff. And so, um, you know, Perry's style is just like super art, you know, artistic and sort of abstract. And so, um, I got them aboard to do the styling and the costumes for the video. And then, uh, you know, Perry and I had discussed So originally in the video, we were like, oh, let's do like, um, let's do two timelines, you know, two versions of Perry talked to. So the song was called What's Real and it echoes the chorus where he says, what's real? And in the background, what's real? Another version of Perry sort of, you know, talking to each other, what's real? What's real? So we're like, let's make, you know, two different Perry's talking through a phone or connecting through, you know, at one point it was going to be a tin can and a wire. And so eventually we settled on phone booth. And so um, we're like, all right, let's do the, let's do a past, but, you know, so I said, so I was explaining West Virginia to him and um, I'm saying, you know, there's like caves or like rocks or you know cliffs you could jump off of or woods and he's like oh we got to utilize that we got to utilize that so uh, that was like really cool because you know you think like a rapper wouldn't want to come to like west virginia and utilize like the countryside or whatever but like that's not the case you know what i mean like it's something that like maybe a lot of them don't see every day or um like a different setting of scenery for that type of video so that was really cool so um we wanted to do him talking to himself from the past to the future through a phone booth so um we originally talked about him being like a caveman coming out of a cave, you know, but his manager thought that was a little too funny. Um, so we changed it to sort of a apocalyptic um, version of Perry um, and a model coming out of the cave and finding this phone booth and calling Perry in the future. And they were going to communicate and say, what's real? What's real? Um, so they were just about to change the Evolve Club in Huntington to um, what is now Boots, the the country bar. And uh, so I knew I knew the guy pretty well. Um that, that ran the place Bryce. And so he was, he was super dope. And I'm like, Oh, we got to utilize that place. Cause it had this um, really interesting texture on the walls that was sort of like matrix vibes or like the um, big mirrors kind of. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So um, originally Perry wanted the video like lit in like stark white and blue. 
and so we got in there and we were we were trying some options and it just wasn't it just wasn't vibing so um we ended up using a lot of their like club lights and just turning them on and doing like reds and purples and uh, it really complemented the video well and um so we did sort of this like um simulation sort of aesthetic where you know Perry's sitting still and the model behind him is completely stationary and you know he's rapping and she's moving her head sort of robotic like and then when you see the um the past scene um there there there's a lot of movement they're um very humanistic and um so Ellen and Akaya you know dressed both of them and then so to do the phone booth um I messaged this guy on Facebook who had a phone booth like right across the the river in Chesapeake I'm like oh my gosh this is so dope he wanted nine hundred dollars for it but it'd been listed for months so I tried to talk him down. I tried to talk him down, and he eventually just unadded me on Facebook. So I was like, what am I going to do? So um, I'm driving around with like my girlfriend one day, and we see like a USA Today phone bo- uh, newspaper booth, USA Today newspaper booth, um, one of the classic white and blue ones. And um, she was like, oh, my gosh, you know, if we sort of transformed that and had a phone inside it, it would look similar to like one of the smaller phone booths that's sort of shaped like a phone. And so uh, – we got up at like four in the morning one night and we went and unscrewed it right out of the ground and we took the newspaper booth and we busted it open and took everything out. We painted it. And then, um, my buddy, Josh, uh, he works over at Glenn sporting goods. He printed out some phone decals for us and we cut them out. We, um, spray painted the, the phone booth. We put, we rigged lights inside it and then we put the decal on it. And so that, and we, we rigged like an old phone from the restore from the habitat for humanity inside it. And so it became our phone booth. And then, um, uh, just a lot of favors I had to call in, you know, um, my friend Mikey Riffett at, uh, whiskey woodwork decisions, uh, he has a woodworking company in town. Hit him up. He's awesome for tables or um, just any, anything that you could want, cabinets, coffee tables. He's a super talented guy. And so um, he has a huge property where he cuts down lumber and everything like that. And so I'd been there, and there's some caves. And so I, we asked him, and he took us out there, and it was all muddy and rainy that day. And we brought Perry in, and he, he just gave us the VIP experience, took us out there on ATVs and um, – we went out there and we put the phone booth out in the middle of the woods and we had Perry walk out of the cave and inspect the phone booth and answer the phone. And, um, you know, then we shot the scene of all when they were communicating and then we were, um, gracious, graciously allowed, uh, by Tisha to come into the VAC and shoot in the photo studio with Perry and shoot sort of a, uh, like the scene in SpongeBob where Squidward is like alone and he's in that white room. Like me and Perry love that, that shot and that aesthetic. So I had enlisted Heath Holly, uh, incredible, animator to do some 2d animations where we were going to have perry on that white background we were going to um, mask out the whole room to be white and we were going to have perry sort of you know saying alone and have um 2d animated blurbs coming out and saying what's real instead of alone so uh, that sort of acted as you know um the third scene and what tied everything together and um so then we started you know putting the music video together and we were like oh we want to do like more animations from heath like it would really tie it together so you know then when perry answers the phone a speech bubble will come out of the phone and say you know what's real and sort of like flash almost like a like a comic book um like a comic book font and um it was just really fun to make and so we're like you know we put all our eggs in in one basket to make that video and so we're like this is going to be this big budget sci-fi video and then um, so Perry was just sort of sending me some other uh, songs on the album, and um, one of them was, card, was called Carpool. And I just loved the song, and uh, it was sort of just like it just gave off this vibe of like just like riding around um, just sort of in this like stagnant point in your life or like in this relationship, just riding around and um, experiencing like the, this euphoric vibe around you. And um, so 
I was like, you know, how, how could we do something like, like super, super on the cusp and basically for free. So, uh, what we did was as soon as Perry showed up, we picked him up from the tri-state airport. Um, he'd flown him from LA and it was super funny when we picked him up because, uh, we said how, you know, Trey was with me and he said, how was the flight, man? And he said, man, this kid behind me wouldn't shut up the entire flight. And he, we said, what was he talking about? And he said, I don't know, like this creature, like moth, Mothra or Mothman or something. And we were like, oh my gosh, yes. So anyways, we're like, we're going to start shooting the music video right now. And he was like, right now, I don't know. I'm really tired. And we're like, no, that's like perfect for the video. So we had um, some models dress up and they were dressed to the nines right outside in the airport. And then we had uh, my friend Zane Pinson, you know, he borrowed his mom's Tesla. She drove it or he drove it to, he drove his mom's car to the airport. We all hopped in the Tesla and we drove um, all the way to Spring Valley. And we shot shots of Perry driving in the Tesla and the girls around him and the girls touched him. And then we stopped halfway there. We had somebody else drive. We had Perry sit in the back seat with the models and we shot shots with them. Um, and then we got to the Spring Valley uh, parking lot and we swapped cars and we uh, got other models and we, we threw them in the cars. And so we basically made this music video with like, four or five different cars um, where he just crammed in with these different models. And um, it was probably, if you actually, you know, took how much time we filmed and crammed it together, we probably filmed it all together in like 50 minutes to an hour. Um, but it came out to be like one of like my favorite projects we've ever done. And so um, it's got this real like slow motion, like euphoria, like vibe. He's texting in the car. Um, Caden really did his thing with like these vintage lenses and it just looks very like filmic. And, um, so that was like a, like a super awesome project. So after Perry came in and we did that, I was like, oh, I want to do this all the time. Like, I was just like, I want to do this for like more rappers. And so we edited the video and, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh man, this video is going to come out immediately. And Perry sort of informs me, you know, that's not the case. Like, I've got to work on this album and, and stuff. So I'm like, oh, man, you know, this isn't going to come out for a while. So I was a little bit um, down about that because I was so excited to get this workout. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, I've got to, I've got to do this for other people. So I, I start sort of looking out um, to, do, to do this sort of work for other people. Um, but I had to figure out a way, you know, to incorporate. Th this was going to be my job. I was like, you know, let's, let's take this seriously. Let's start, let's start doing um, music videos um as work um so i had a few people contact me and i started working out some videos with some people and they just kept when i would say a price or um start to get professional about planning they would just drop me or ghost me and uh i was struggling a little bit i didn't know what to do and a guy reached out to me a local rapper city phil and i had known of his work for a while and i always thought he was dope and um, so I was like super, super happy about that. And he was super professional. And, um, so I went in and watched him record. He was like, why don't you come over to my house and, you know, watch me record one time, one night. So I, so I go over and do it. And I was just like blown away by his professionalism and his ability to produce his own voice and produce his friends. And, um, so we decided we were going to do a music video and, and city was super, super well connected. So, you know, he called in his buddy, Chris, um, Chris brought in, you know, all kinds of um, ATVs and his buddies brought dirt bikes and we went out to we went out to Virginia Point and we started shooting the music video and a cop pulled up and he said you can't you can't shoot this here blah blah but he's like there is a field down the road though that you guys can shoot in so you're more than, so we so we went down the road and we filmed that with City and um, it was super awesome Caden shot that for me as well and it was sort it was super um, it was you know West Virginia vibes dirt bikes mud you know um, 
We had um, Ellen and Nakaya come in in Style City again. Um, something that was super cool is we were going to have City on All Black sitting um, sort of like, you know, sort of looking at the camera almost like a portrait. And um, the song was called Mozart. So we were like, oh, we're going to draw. We're going to have like someone animate um, like Mozart's hair and like his iconic like red, you know, outfit. Um, his powdered wig and his red outfit and sort of his face onto City, City Phil's face. Like it would be like really interesting. Um, like the new age Mozart. And so we go in the black studio, we're shooting it and like, it's just not working. Like city, like we just can't figure it out. And like, uh, Caden and I, I can't even remember what the project, the project was, but we had talked about previously, like, I think that, Oh, Oh, what it was. Caden was doing another music video and to tie it together. We had suggested like shooting, um, picture frames, like pictures of the artist recording in frames. And so, um, we went out and we got a picture frame and we hung it up and we put the picture frame there and it sat right in front of city Phil's face and it just made the shot. And so then, um, Caden literally went in, I think on like a painting app on his phone and literally, you know, painted, um, the Mozart thing. And, and we did, um, different variations of city holding his head down and, um, you know, wrapping with his head back and sort of just getting all the personality we could just, just, um, really squeezing, squeezing everything we could out of this one location. Um, and it really just, just made for something awesome. So we did Mozart and then I was over at city Phil's one day and he introduced me to another one of his artists named, uh, 3d geo and Josiah Pearson. And, uh, he just had this auto tuned, like really positive, like just like bubbly sound. And I just like fell in love with immediately. So I was like, get this guy on the phone. So we called him up and I'm like, what's up, man? And he's like, what's up? I'm like, dude, we've got to do a video. He's like, let's do it. You know, just, just immediately right off the cusp. So, um, he sent me a few songs and he had this one that was just, it just had me ascending. It was just awesome. And, uh, he had these just long vocals and it was slow and I had no bass and it was just mesmerizing and sort of this like experimental, um, you know, a lot of those, um, types of songs have been done. So when something experimental and like new comes to that genre, you're like, Oh wow, this is really cool. And so the song was called, will you go to prom with me? And it's like completely clean and it's got like eighties vibes, but like mixed with this new age auto tune. And, you know, he's saying, will you go to prom with me? And it's super sweet, and like nostalgic, but like, like I said, new age. And so, um, we went to Skeffington's and like, we told him what it was for and, um, I, I told him, you know, I've been here going here for, you know, 10 years for suits and stuff. And so they, he, he was super, super happy to do it and work out like a super awesome deal with us. So, um, we paired with Skeffington's. Then, um, we had a friend whose mom was the vice principal at Cerrito Canova elementary. And so, um, I went to Cerrito and, you know, CK my whole life. So, um, the old Wonder Dome, you know, it's a super vintage gym, you know, we went in there and, um, we brought models in and had him dress up and then you know, um, 3D Geo wanted all his friends in it. So we incorporated it and he even wanted me in it. So it was super awesome. So I got to get dressed up in a suit and, you know, um, we dressed the set, we turned off all the lights, um, we hung up, you know, different colored lights. And, um, I love, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's films. And so I try to like incorporate like a reference to like uh, a cinema shot, like in every single music video I do. So like I did the toxic Avenger scene um, with Shalem. We did matrix stuff with Perry and, uh, so I ended up uh, loving this scene in Phantom Thread that's like New Year's Eve themed where um, Daniel Day-Lewis is like dancing with his muse as like the last people at the, at the, at the New Year's Eve dance. And um, they're sort of like centered. Um, and so what we did was we had, a, we had an actor and an actress 
um, that were dressed up in prom clothing. We, we covered the floor in balloons. Uh, me and some guys went in and blew up like 200 balloons and put them all over the floor. Then we put some spotlights and then we put like um, the actor and actress, dan- you know, dancing, slow dancing, um, sort of like, uh, you know, softly lit. There's some fog in the room. And uh, 3DG is just performing in a white tuxedo, sort of touching his heart. And, you know, it's sort of like funny and like tongue and cheeky and um, sort of satirical, but also serious. And like, you know, he referenced like Pretty in Pink and like. Um, All those like 80s John Hughes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was super cool. But, um, you know, then on the same day, uh, you know, a week earlier, Shalem had contacted me and he had a song. He's like, I want to do a music video for this. And so we started talking concepts and he wanted to do a class reunion um, type video. And so we're like, oh, you know, dope. Um, and so he was wanting it really soon. And so we're looking at our schedules. We're like, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. And so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, well, you know, this vintage gym, I'm like, why don't we just shoot both of them in the same location, light them completely differently, shoot one at night and one in the daytime and do a completely different vibe. So you won't even be able to tell the places apart and get two completely different videos. You know, one's a harder song, one's much softer. And so that's what we did. And so, um, we packed out the gym with like 40 or 50 people. We called in like every favor we knew from everybody on the planet. And we shot Shalem and did a whole music video for a song called Piper Wright in there. And so like, we're super happy about it. Um, and I'm like, yes, like I, like I did, like I did that. Like, I feel like I'm like professional. Like I, like I did two scenes in one, two huge scenes in one day. Like I feel like a huge accomplishment. And then through no fault of our own, something happened with the footage transfer. We lost like half the Shalem footage. Oh, no. And we're like, oh, my gosh, you know, what are we going to do? And so um, I spent like a day like, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And then we're like, we're just, you know, films have reshoots all the time. Like we're just going to have to we're just going to do a pickup date. Yeah, we're just going to have to do a reshoot. So um, a lot of people that were in the first scene, they're like, I can't be there for the second one. Like just people didn't want to come back or. Um, they couldn't, or they were working or this or that. And, you know, they're like, what happened to the footage, you know? And it's, that's hard to explain to like, you know, people that aren't involved in that sort of thing. So it's like, oh, well, you know, you know, we need you back. We need you back. You know, we're doing a reshoot. And so we ended up getting like a whole different set of people for the second shoot. We ended up getting the location again and doing the second shoot, you know? Um, and we get a whole different set of people. Schlem's in a different outfit. And it, it, I mean, there's like 80 people in the video ends up, you know? And like, well, you know, when it was first happening, I'm like, oh, you know, this is oh, like a uh, a bump in the road. But it's one of those happy accidents that ends up, you know, making um, this gold uh, sort of like uh, what we stumbled upon with, you know, Perry and, and the carpool video. You know, I love both videos, What's Real and Carpool. But I end up, you know, leaning towards carpool more, even though it was more improvisational and we didn't plan it, you know, a ton. You know, it came out being, you know, the more authentic, you know, it's real. It's got a soul. And um, with those bigger crowd shoots too like something that we always had in the back of our minds with like the Kosiri videos I used to do with Nate Sasuke was if you're doing these larger crowd scenes where like people's faces are visible once you go to post that to social media that's a guaranteed share because they'll say oh hey I'm in this video yeah yeah I'm in this and then their friends will look for them and they might share off that and it's just a nice way to build that kind of social media momentum too right so that's something that i've been you know working towards for years um like i said we would try to incorporate you know any actor we could in skull crusher or camp arrowhead or whatever we were doing at the time you know be it people in the vac or people on the streets or 
um, just anything, you know, just uh, trying to get people involved so that, you know, exactly, they'll share it, they'll show it to their friends. Um, I love ensemble cast movies. I love ensemble cast comedies. You know, that's sort of my thing. So so bringing that technique um, to this sort of thing and th saying, oh my gosh, I know him, I know her in that video. You know, that's like a, that's like a super, super fun thing. And so um, both Shalem videos, I think, have that factor. And um, that was like a super big thing, you know, because he's about community and he's a man for the people. So that was super, super awesome, you know, and um, his video, his views that we did have a super just like, just like rocking community, crazy party vibe. And then, you know, Perry's have this um, sort of slower, you know, ethereal cinematic vibe. Um, so, so then I end up, I did some other, you know, local music videos for some other local guys and uh, it was fun and we still have some stuff coming out with some other people. But then um, there was this other rapper named Nestle who I'd always listened to on SoundCloud, and um, he sort of fell in that same genre and, and subgenre of group and people that I that I liked and listened to back in the day, like Perry and stuff like that. And you know, Perry was featured on, um, or Nestle was featured on Perry's album and all this stuff. And um, so Nestle started doing a. I followed him on Instagram forever, and he started doing a OnlyFans. Um, what do you call it? Masterclass, a masterclass on OnlyFans, and so I'm like, oh, dope, dope. So my friend Trey, uh, oh, so that this was another video I, I meant to to mention that I'll get to in a second, but um, I did a video for my friend Trey as Mr. Awful in the couch. It's like one of my favorite music videos I've done, but um, I'll get to that in just a second. I where was I? You were talking about the uh, there was another rapper. Okay, yes. Yeah. So ne Nestle, so so on OnlyFans, so like he's doing this master class about recording your voice, and you know, um, my friend Trey's sort of going for the same style as Mr. Awful. So I'm like, oh, dude, I, I go to send it to him on Instagram one day. Like I slid up and go to send it to him. I'm like, you should listen to, you should get this master class. Like I've, I've got it. Let's do it a few times, and it's pretty dope. And uh, I accidentally sent it to Nestle, the artist on Instagram. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so I went to unsend it. And as soon as I went to unsend it, he messaged back. And he was like, you should, bro. You should get this. Like, just sort of, like, joking <laughs> back with me. And I was like, oh, wow. This rapper messaged me. So I was like, dude, you know, I love your work, blah, blah, blah. I've known you for a while. Here's this video I did for Perry. And he immediately sends me a voice message back. He's like, whoa, this is dope, bro. He's like, you know, like, did you do this, blah, blah, I'm like, yeah, like, me and my team did this, blah, blah. And he's like, whoa, this is really cool. And so Nestle and I end up, like, meeting and talking through OnlyFans for like a long time, like a few months and like I'm showing him my work and you know, he starts sending me some like unreleased stuff and he's like, well, why don't you come to LA and like direct this video for me? So I'm like, oh, like that'd be a huge honor. So um, we tried to do that, but like some things fell through and like it, di it didn't happen. And um, I had like written some concepts and I was super excited. I'm like, oh man, you know, I wanted to do these videos, but it, it didn't, um, it didn't happen. And so I was just like, sort of like down about that. And then like probably two weeks later, he's like, come to Atlanta. Like, let's just, so I'm like, oh my gosh, that's drive ball. That's six hours. So I go to Atlanta and I went and stayed at Nestle's house and it was like super, just an awesome experience. And, uh, I room with this guy, Steven Rye. He's like an awesome director from LA. Um, and, uh, he does videos for this guy, young Wallace baby. Who's, who's super, super awesome. And, um, Steven's an awesome director. He has a page called adored artist uh check it out it's dope but um so i ended up rooming um with um steven in atlanta and we stay with nestle and steven was directing a music video for nestle and uh mm -hmm. so i was sort of just tagging along and like you know just checking this out checking the scene out and went to a studio that was super dope and had like lights all over the ceiling and 
um, an air, uh, like a, a, a set to fake an airplane, like the whole half of like an airplane that you could go in and, and shoot like, you know, a flight attendant pushing a cart through or whatever you needed to do. It was super dope. And one uh, of those like big Atlanta studios that they keep building right now. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I was like blown away, you know, and they're just like doing the video and everything. And then, you know, father, uh, was a rapper in high school that I had um, really been inspired by and in early college and stuff. And they're like, father's coming. So I'm like, no freaking way. Like I'm like losing my mind. They're like, he's going to be on, you know, he's on this song. And so that like blew me away. And, um, over, I, I should mention over the course of the, of the year leading up to this, I had been busting my hump to do videos for big rappers. And a lot of it just, um, wasn't working out like I thought it did. So, you know, when I did that first video with Perry and traveled down to Miami, I, I think it got my hopes up as far as like, I'm like, man, every rapper how it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. this is how it's going to be. So, you know, I just um, have to, uh, not stalk, but wait outside every, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Follow everyone on Instagram. Sure. Sure. Um, so I'll come right back to the Atlanta All story. All these so, dominoes keep falling. Yeah, exactly. So to back up, so I'm like, oh, you know, um, so right after I did the Perry thing, um, I was, you know, I like female rap a lot. Like I just, it's, I just like it. And so I, I was really into this artist, Tay Money. And, um, so I, I DJ at the union on, um, weekends and I played a Tay Money song one night and just like all the girls were just like turning up to Tay Money into this song and they all knew it. And I was just like, oh my God, like. I've got to do a video for Tay Money. Like, this is the one that's going to pop off. Like, I've got to do a video for Tay Money. So, like, two weeks after the Perry thing, I get on a plane. She's do So, she's doing a swap meet where she's selling a bunch of her clothes. And so, I got on a plane to Dallas. And I flew to Dallas. I stayed the night in the airport. And I Just went, on a whim to make this pitch? Of course. And so, I went to Dallas. And I went to this swap meet. And I was there way too early. And this woman comes in and it looks just like her. And I'm like, are you Tay Money's mom? And she's like, yes. I stuck up this conversation with Tay Money's mom. She's super dope. And then like Tay Money comes out. I'm like the first, there's like a line of like 300 people to meet her. And I'm like the first or second person in line. Cause I've been waiting like all day. I'm covered in sweat. I haven't showered. I've stayed the night in the airport. And so I go in there and she's like super, super dope. And, um, but you know, I didn't realize how many people would be there. And cause you know, when I went in with Perry, it was before the show, it was an intimate thing. And so I just didn't realize how many people would be like going crazy to see. I mean, obviously I should have realized, but I just, it wasn't the place to make a pitch. And so I, I, I went in there with an iPad and everything ready to show her the videos that I'd done, the Perry videos and the Shalem videos, I think three music videos that I had done at the time. And, um, I'm standing there. I'm just like, so I told her up front, I'm like, I'm not going to show you these videos. I was going to show these videos, but I just want to tell you, like, I'm doing these things. I'm like going to try to um, come up in the music video game. I'd love to do a video for you. She's super nice. We take a picture. Um, I'm like, Oh shoot. You know? So, but it went well. And so I went home and, um, I was like commenting on her stuff. I'm like, let's do a video. You know what I mean? What, let's do something in West Virginia. So I end up seeing that she has, you know, so nothing happened. Radio silence for like six months. I, I, uh, do a few other things. I went to Pittsburgh to us. Oh, this is an interesting story. I went to, um, Pittsburgh to a smoke perp show to try to talk to him because they had like a meet and greet and so i bought like the meet and greet there was like only three tickets available for the meet and greet so i'm like if i buy one like i'm gonna be the one of the only people in there so i bought it and um i i end up like talking to the guy that's like managing the place he's like dude they're super late like something's going on like there's been complications with their flight and so like he gets there and like he's in the room and like uh, smoke perp just looks exhausted like just absolutely exhausted like i can just see it in his face and like you know when you're just dead tired from travel like how rough that can be and like the jet lag and so um, he ends up telling me that they 
had got the cities mixed up and he had flown from like Oklahoma all the way to like Pittsburgh in like a day and was super jet lagged. He'd done a show the night before and he was just exhausted. So I talked to him and I pitched my stuff a little bit and it was okay. Um, but, um, his little brother DSC Sonny is like an up and coming rapper. And I met him right there and I heard some of his stuff in that room and I was like, Oh, this guy's awesome. So like, he's somebody I'm pining towards to do a video with. And you know, um, that was sort of like a cool experience. Like I went to meet Smoke Pro, but I found this guy and now I love his music. So that's something I'm hoping to build towards. So it was a bunch of like trial and errors, but eventually Tay Money ends up doing a show in West Virginia. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like I got to do this. So I did what I did with Perry and I showed up super early. She was going to um, do a meet and greet at a hotel um, at like a really, really nice hotel. And so I show up super early and I dress in like a nice show, or whatever. Well, I end up meeting like this guy named Shot by Three Times out of greensboro north carolina he's like a videographer as well he's a super talented super good dude and uh so i meet him and he's like yeah i'm about to shoot tay money like why don't you come like shoot her with me like while she walks in the, i'm like for real like i'd love to so like we got there and um he shoots her and i'm like following right there and like it's just like this awesome experience and so i get in and like tay money sits down at this table in this room and like i just sit down and start talking to her so me and tay money end up talking for like 30 or 40 minutes and she's like, so when does like the meet and greet start? And I was like, oh, that's what I'm here for. She's like, you don't work at the hotel? And like I was dressed in like a dress shirt. So she like thought that she was just like talking to her hotel staff about like what she needed for like a hotel. And I was just like, it was just like a super awesome conversation. So it turns out, so um, so Perry, uh, his frequent collaborator in LA is this guy, Drophy, um, Biggest Narco. I get my work from the Narco, if you've ever heard that, that beat tag. Um, but he's a super frequent collaborator with Perry. And so I end up finding out through that meeting that Tay Money has gone to, you know, Biggest Narco's house um, and done some beats, uh, some done some stuff over some of Perry's beats that Perry had recorded at Biggest Narco's house. So, like, the dots are connecting and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, that's, that's super, super dope. And um, so that was like a great meeting and a great connection. So I ended up getting like Tay Money's number and like, I ended up like being her DJ Kyle got that cannon. Who's also like super, super talented. And he's somebody like I want to work with. Um, I love his energy and he has some stuff on SoundCloud as well. Um, and so eventually, you know, after sort of like pining to all these things, um, I, I ended up going to Atlanta to do the thing with Nestle. And so, you know, I loved father in high school and he tells me, you know, father's going to be, on. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So father shows up to the set and they, they, and Steven was awesome enough to let me do some camera work for the video. And uh, so I really just felt inspired, um, you know, that these are two artists that I've been listening to for like five or six years that I get to do some stuff for them. So I'm like laying on the floor, like trying to get angles and like just do whatever I can to be creative and like trying to just like, we found some like, uh, like a, a rollout of some fake grass, you know, um, in, in, the, in the set that we were shooting. So we rolled it out and shot Nestle on some fake grass and it was cool and really like improvisational and fun. and just like an awesome experience. And so, so father comes over and as soon as I see him, like, I'm just like, Oh dude, this is awesome. Like father, what's up? So I just like go in for the hug. Like, I just don't know what came over me. Like I hugged him and I was just like, I could just tell like the energy in the room was like a little bit strange. I was like, Oh, like maybe I shouldn't have hugged father. And like, I could tell Nessie was looking at me like, why'd you do that? You know what I mean? And, um, so afterwards, like we're all standing around and get and going, father just comes right up to me. He's like, what's up, man. And I was just like, Oh, this dude's awesome. Like that, that was like, you know, my hug paid off. No, just kidding. But it was like super awesome. And so we're talking. And so I'm like, let me show these videos I did. So I show him the Perry videos. And, you know, um, after showing him to all these people and stuff, finally I show him the father and father's like, these are dope. Like, let's do something. I'm like, 
cool. And so, you know, at, at that time, I'm like, is this really going to happen? Or is this one of those things where I get, you know, his number and it doesn't happen? You know, so I get his phone number and I'm sort of like waiting on it. And like, um, I really want to text him, but I'm like holding off on it, you know, to I, you know, get in the mindset or know that I'm, you know, prepared to do a video for father, you know, because this guy's an absolute legend of the game. And uh, so I message him. I'm like, hey, dude, you want to do a video? And he's just like, let's do it. Let's hop on a call. You know, just immediately text me back. I'm like, let's go. So I call him and I'm like, you know, um, I could come down there and do it for you. Or, you know, we could do it bigger if you come to Huntington, West Virginia. He's like, I'd love to come there. Like, let's do it, you know. Um, and so I call Caden up. I'm like, dude, we're going to do this video. And he's like, well, dude, you know, it's father. Like, we've got we've to do something legendary. So let's, let's rent some, like, really professional lens and make this really look cinematic. So, um we rented some lens that were not cheap from like a website online and really brought this like, like some super wide angle stuff, um, to this video and, and, um, used a lot of lights directed right at the lens to give like tons of lens flares and just give off this super uh, hyper cinematic, um, piece that we did with father. So father comes in and it was just like absolutely incredible. Like it was just, uh, we were vibing all weekend. The video was going super well, like improvisational things were happening. You know, um, we did this scene the first day, uh, and it was going, it was going to be like inspired by like, you know, so I asked father's favorite movies and he immediately was like black dynamite, like black dynamite. And so we start talking about just like films, like what we want to do. And, sending some pictures back and forth. And then I can't remember who sent it to who, but one of us brings up like the Superfly poster, like the original Superfly. And, uh, you know, on the front, he's, you know, holding a gun. He's got this white overcoat and like a white hat with a purple feather in it and like a purple ascot. That and kind of like when you think black exploitation. Exactly, exactly. Kind of and that's like very much my vibe, like um, Sweet Jesus Preacher Man or like um, anything like that. Like that's so up my alley. And so... Um, we're like, well, let's lean into that really hard. So, you know, we ordered all kinds of like, like stuff for like really eccentric, expensive clothing, um, that would sort of go off that super fly, you know, effect with like a white top hat and everything. Um, sort of like, I get this. So, so he lets me choose, you know, a song from his album. And I chose this song called I keep that pump action. And so it's very like, um, sly and grungy and just sort of like lowbrow and just like, just like it, it leaned itself very well to like a mafia or like a black exploitation or like just like crime related or just down and dirty. So we're like, you know, let's, but you know, father stuff is sort of satirical. And so, so we're like, let's sort of make it, um, this like compelling, strong, grungy, but funny piece, you know? So, uh, so we, I had always passed this place, Taylor's garage in the West end that I'm sure, you know, by Heiner's bakery and the captain D's that has all these vintage cars inside it. And I've always wanted to shoot there. So, I end up like calling a few people and getting a number from a number from a number uh, of the guy that now owns Taylor's garage. And I'm like, you know, I want to shoot in there. And we end up like talking back and forth forever. And so I go down there to see it and there's just all kinds of stuff in there, you know, um, mattresses and bed frames and old cars. And I'm like, this is perfect. You know, this is exactly what we want. And so yeah, it used to be the auto museum. I'm exactly. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of the cars were sold out of it. And they had one in the very back corner that was like uh, this just like hot rod pink, just like exactly what you think of like a Hot Wheels car, like sitting in the back, like a 1950s, like bright pink Hot Wheels car. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, and so there's dice hanging from the mirror and everything. So I'm like, we've got to shoot this thing. He's like, well, it doesn't drive. I'm like, well, that's okay. You know, we'll figure it out. And so uh, we bring father and we go in there and we said, so it was awesome because uh, uh, 
we sort of color coordinated the models to come in and, and we wanted them to, both to wear yellow and they came and the tones just matched perfectly. And that's just like something that's super lucky. So it just like helped the color palette so much. The car was bright pink. So it has like a yellow, pink, purple vibe. Um, father's dressed in all white. He's got sunglasses on. He's got a shotgun. He's posed. Um, and it's just this super cinematic sort of um, nod to black exploitation and super fly and stuff like that. And uh, he's just posing sort of like he never sort of leaves this stationary movie poster esque pose. And it's just super awesome. And then, you know, we did that scene and um, he was like, you know, the models like they did great. Like we should do another scene with him. So I'm trying to think, you know, what we could do. And so uh, I don't know what inspired me to do it. Um, I think I had just watched like Hall Pass with Owen Wilson and I liked like the golf course scene. So I was like, oh, like we've got to do, let's do something on a golf course. Like, that's just an interesting image in my mind right now. So I wanted to do a golf course and uh, I called a few places and there was no, nothing was, nothing was working out. And so um, the morning of, I'm like, let's just go over to the driving range. Let's just get the models and go over to the driving range and like shoot something. And everybody was sort of like, I think like a little bit like against it at the beginning. And I was like, the models were messaging me about what they should wear. I'm like, well, wear something like you're going to play tennis. And they're like, ah, like, you know, and um, so, that, so, they, so they show up and somebody that comes to the union where I work is this girl, um, Gentry, and she has a, like a 1970 Chevy Nova, or I think. And it's super, super dope. It's cherry red. And so I message her and I'm like, yo, would you bring this car over here for a little bit? And so we call on that favor from her. She brings the car over and I had a, Okay, so to back it up a little bit, Father wanted to do a scene that was inspired by a show from the 80s called Street Hawk that was motorcycle-inspired. He was really inspired by that, so he wanted to do a scene with that. So we ended up doing a scene with that where my stepdad brought his we, – we utilized a local church's gymnasium. We blacked it out. We put fog in there. We put some red lights in there. Um, my stepdad brought his motorcycle in. He's like a Harley man, so we have a motorcycle. Um, father is in a leather jumpsuit that my um, – stepbrother let me loan he he is a worker at the harley davidson store so it's like a 1200 dollars like leather jumpsuit and then i bought a motorcycle helmet off of facebook market and i um get this this motorcycle helmet it's like an old school cop motorcycle helmet from a guy in like lava lead he's like old guy you know he's retired so i get this helmet and so we're going to use it in the motorcycle scene but the helmet does not match the um motorcycle suit you know it's like a honda like a really cool racing suit and we're like we're not going to use this helmet so it just sort of gets thrown into my car. And so on that day, we're like, you know, let's do a scene where like father's dressed up as a cop and that cop motor, you know, uh, when we're at the golfing range back, you know, fast forward to now, we're at the golfing range. We're like, let's do a scene where father pulls over these girls in front of the golfing range as a police officer using the helmet that we got off Facebook marketplace. He pulls them over in the vintage car. And then instead of taking them back in his police car, he takes them golfing. And so, um, he pulls him over right outside the golfing range, and he's pointing his finger at him, and he's got his helmet off. And then he takes his his uh, his blue cop dress shirt off and his helmet off, and he's in, like, a nice, like, designer dress shirt, you know. And um, they go up, and they just start hitting balls. And we just showed right up, and we didn't even ask. We just started filming. And um, the, at first, I think the guy was a little bit hesitant, but then he came out, and he saw the girls and, you know, how they were leaning over and, you know, um, putting their butts out, you know, to hit the golf ball. And he's like, you guys just do whatever you want. And so uh, – we end up knocking that scene out, and uh, it was just like a really cool improv improvisational scene that I think just like added so much to the video. So we combined these three scenes: this motorcycle street hawk scene that Father came up with, this like super fly um, scene that um, I sort of came up with. We combined those, and then just an improvisational thing that we both sort of put our minds together and came up with on the day of, which was the golf scene. And you know, Caden just showed up and did his thing, and 
Um, we had Hunter Way, who's like an incredible photographer. He's been shooting all my um, photography for the, for the rappers that I do. And he came and did some incredible work. And um, just like an awesome combination. And so on the last night, uh, we're driving back from the set. And Father was just like, I want to come here again. And he's like, I want to do a show here. And we're just passing like the, the loud. And uh, there's like a tour bus outside. He's like, is that a venue? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, I'm, I want to do a show there. And so it just like all fell into place like super, super well. And so father and I just like, he's become one of my good friends. And like, I just, he's just the best dude, just an incredible artist. Um, and so I'm hoping to do another video with him soon. And so we end up uh, booking a show with him at the loud. And this it's is later this month. Of yeah. course, of course, September 24th. Yes. Uh, so definitely come to that. It's sponsored by Good Trouble. It's Delegacy's Good Trouble presents Father featuring Mr. Awful and Shalem at the Loud on September 24th. It's it's going to be awesome. And um, the more people that come to this, um, the more likely we can do more stuff like this in the future. Um, is this the first show you've promoted as Good Trouble and Delegacy? This is the first show I've promoted, yes. And it has been a big build to this point. <laughs> well, so, it's all the f pieces kind of falling into place. You know, you build this relationship with Father. Um, you know, you have this long-standing collaboration with Mr. Awful and Bunny Money and right. Shalem. So it all kind of, yeah, it, it's all of the pieces coming together in a different way than they have so far. Of course. So I did the father video, um, and it's it's going to come out in the next week. Uh, I can't wait for everybody to see it. It's it's super, super awesome and cinematic and funny. and um, So I sent it to Nestle, and Nestle calls me immediately. He's like, bro we have got to do it. You've got to direct a video for me. You've got to do it. And I'm like, let's do it, dude. And so we talked possibilities and we talked about going, you know, at first he was like, I've got to have a Lambo. I'm like, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to get a Lambo in Huntington, West Virginia, you know? <laughs> and, um, so we planned can't out get a Lambo, but there's all these other like unique things that work here that you wouldn't be able to get where you could get the Lambo. Exactly. So it's, exactly. It's a give and take sort of scenario. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, Nestle's color is purple. Like, everything um, to do with Nestle is, like, purple. And so he's got this, like, legendary studio album called Wildflower. He has purple hair on the cover. And um, even just the, the vibes that the music gives off sonically just feels sort of, like, purple. And uh, so we were like, we got it. You know, th so this song that we, we decided to do is for his, his new album, Wildflower 2. It's coming out, and it's super, super dope and super, super, like, uh, it's like it's like really progressive like like overproduced with like real instrumentation soundcloud rap like it's like cinematic soundcloud rap like it's like really dope so he chooses a song called rolling and um you know it talks about like you know lean and but um there's all these like instruments in it and so like this super talented guy named jmo plays the harp throughout the song and so we're like oh we want jmo in the video so um we really want it to be purple so as you know like the ironton bridge near here now near ashland um is lit up purple at night. So that's like the first thing I'm like, dude, we should do something with the Ashland Bridge. It's this purple bridge. I sent it to him. He's like, bro, no way. He's like, we have to do this in Huntington. So uh, so Nestle and JMO come and stay at my house to do a video for rolling. Um, but we plan to do a we so we really planned out the video. Like we did we we communicated just like super hardcore and did like four or five pages of like rigorous storyboards and like shot lists and like we rented lenses for this and lighting and all this stuff and it was like going to be a like super super planned out thing and some complications happened to where we didn't get to film on the 
first day, we had two to three days of filming planned out about. And um, on the second day, we had planned to do like an interview um, where I was going to interview Nestle and JMO about the song and about his album for my Good Trouble page, which is going to come out um, in about a month or two, um, which is super, super dope. Nestle's super awesome for that. And uh, so we end up not getting to film the first day. Like all these complications arise, the lenses weren't in in time, like all this stuff. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? I think we had nine scenes planned and like five of them got canceled. So I'm just like scrambling like super bad. And so the next day we go to shoot the interview, uh, shout out Nate Sesco. Um, he absolutely killed it, uh, with the interview. And so, uh, he handled all that. So we go over there and film. So Nestle is just like super, uh, super impressed by Nate. And so him and Nate just start hitting that off. So I go outside and have a panic attack for a minute because I'm like, we lost five scenes yesterday. What are we going to do? So we were supposed to shoot a scene that day with Taylor's Garage. So I called, um, you know, Mark Taylor, and uh, I'm like, hey, you know, or Mike Taylor, I'm so sorry. Uh, so I called Mike Taylor, and I'm like, hey, Mike, we're going to come through there a little. He's like, I'm just about to call you. We are not going to be able to film today. My place got broken into last night, and the cars got vandalized. And police Shit. are all here. So I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, what are we going to do? Like, I'm freaking out. And so I call Trey and Kane, two of my frequent collaborators, Mr. Awful, and then Kane, who's helped me um, executive produce a lot of stuff and acted for me before. Um, so they both show up, and we meet in the Chase Bank building, and we sat at a round table, and we just started coming up with ideas. We're like, what if we used the Huntington Penthouse? What if we did this? Like, we started coming up with all these ideas, and I can't remember who said if it was Trey or Kane, but they're like, well, you only used the out, you know, Gentry's car in the father video um, that was the Chevy Nova. They said, well, you only used the outside of that car. What if you utilized the inside? So I'm like, great idea. So the video was purple. So my buddy, so this was something else that went wrong. So uh, my buddy, Kevin, you know, he was super, super awesome to let us use his um, 1970 Super B plum purple car that he is working on restoring. Uh, but like I said, he's working on it. So um, he was like, I was like, we'd love to drive your car some in the video. He's like, well, I think it'll be ready, you know. And so I was so focused on some of the other scenes that I had forgot to keep in uh, communication with him. And some things arose that his car wasn't going to be able to drive. So um, we showed up at his place and we're like, man, we're, you know, what are we going to do? His car is going to drive. And so I kind of was like, well, let's just do like everything interior for this video. So we, we blacked out a garage and um, pulled his car inside. And even though we didn't get to use the outside of his purple car, you know, the inside of these old vintage cars have such an aesthetic and a vibe to him, just seeing the speedometers and the steering wheels and the shifters. And so we shoot all the interiors in this 1970 Super B all like drenched in purple light. And Nestle's wearing like $12,000 worth of clothes, like Chrome Hearts and Balenciaga and like ass pizza jeans and shoes. And like, it's just, and, and you know, chains and, and it's just, they're bouncing off the light. It's just super, super awesome, this improv improvisational thing. And then, you know, Gentry pulls up her car to the Ironton Bridge that night. We uh, we shot we, – we put purple lights inside her car and drove it across the Ironton Bridge, and he pours um, lean out the, out the side of the window. So, you know, you've got purple lights in the car. You've got purple lean. You've got the purple lights on the bridge, and it's just this super euphoric, you know, slow motion, just just like sensual video. And it's super, super awesome. But we ended up cramming all kinds of stuff. And so um, Nestle, that morning, we're trying to think of scenes, and Nestle's like, you know um, – I love this scene from the Fingers Blue video by Smoke Purple and Travis Scott. You know, they in the video, it starts out Travis Scott and Smoke Purple are like, um, where are we going? And Smoke Purple's like, we're going to my grandma's basement. And they go down there and there's all these, like, you know, strippers or whatever. And so we're like, well, let's create, like, a mini version of that. You know, like, let's create, like, sort of a, instead of, like, a club, let's create, like, a really personal, like, intimate, euphoria-style, like, scenario like that. So I call up my buddy Connor 
And um, it's funny because, like, Connor's basement is, like, my buddy Connor Christian has this basement, and it's just, like, an iconic spot. Like, you go there to hang out, but, like, now it's become, like, one of our most used sets. Like, um, we were doing Mr. Awful's In the Couch video. He wanted to do a room that sort of looked like The Simpsons, um, you know, main room of the sitcom, the, the couch room, and um, sort of reference other sitcoms, Married with Children and stuff. And so we were looking for, like, a wood-pound wall place, so we ended up using Connor's basement and hung, like, a picture frame right in the middle of the wall, just like The Simpsons. And so um, his basement just has this super cool cinematic vibe. It's like a place that you would see in a movie or a television show or Eric Foreman's basement or something like that. But it's super cool. And so... Um, he's gracious enough to let us come down there for the Nestle video. And like when we first see it, I think Nestle and, and JMO uh, were a little bit um, wondering what this was going to look like. And then we put fog in there. We took all the furniture out. We drenched it in light. Um, we had uh, a local model, Shy Spalding come in and she was dressed to the nines. And uh, we set up two chairs for Nestle and JMO and we created this just like super, super awesome, you know, sexy scene. And uh, we walked out and, um, you know, fog was just rolling out of the, the house and everything. And uh, at one point it was like really funny because um, Nestle said, you know, we're playing the song and he's rapping. Nestle said, can we turn up the song a little bit? And Connor said, well, my mom's sleeping upstairs. So, and it was just really funny and like kind of cool to like show what we do and, and the kind of places that we transform into these sets. And so we walked outside and JMO, the producer of the song, the guy that I mentioned plays all the live instruments for the album and stuff. He said, you guys are just just geniuses the way that you are able to utilize these sets and uh, make something out of nothing. And so sort of that's something I think that like I really pride myself on and really pride Caden and I on is like um, just turning these sets like the school gymnasium or the Evolve Club or the Woods in Spring Valley um, or the uh, Mike Taylor's car garage or this or that or Connor's basement and just transform it into this like set that a lot of people think would be filmed on one of those um, studio sets like we saw in Atlanta with the plane. Um, but we're using like the real thing, like we're going out and finding relocations. And so then we took Nestle to the 21 club and we were going to use Rocco's in the 21 club, but we didn't have enough time. So we just ended up using the 21 club and it came out super, super cool. And it's super fancy, so he's, like, pouring lean into, like, a teacup, and, like, um, we brought, like, he's walking in with a model, and it's just, it just sells, like, it sells the expensive aesthetic that you want for that type of video, because we have those real places, you know, and, like, people here are, like, gracious enough to, to let you do that, and there's just, like, places we haven't even gone yet that I'm like, oh, I want to film there, you know what I mean, or just, like, locations that haven't even been utilized here that are just sitting waiting to be in a movie that yeah i think whenever nay and i would collaborate on those 72 hour film contest movies there was always that moment where you know even before we had like a finished script or anything we would have a list of like locations we think would just be visually interesting to shoot in and oh, wow. trying to find the places that hadn't been used yet from like other projects uh, just to find something interesting to shoot. But that, yeah, that's a great place to start. Yeah, um, that was the same thing we did with the Ironton Bridge, sort of. Um. When you're writing these, like, treatments or working with artists, uh, what's the percentage of, like, the? I guess the ratio, maybe, I don't, I don't know. How much is it, like, you bringing your ideas to the table and trying to convince them, like, hey, this is the route you should go versus them bringing ideas to you? Sure. So um, a lot of the songs and the videos that I've done, like, I usually choose the song or, like, they'll send me a few songs and um, I sort of choose whichever song leans towards the concept I have in mind or 
lends itself to like something more authentic or, um, you know, I had this guy I liked from Charleston a lot, but he was, uh, pretty dead set on doing a song with some pretty dark vibes and there's nothing against that for me. It's just not really the video that I like that I want to make. And so I'm trying to, and you know, no shade to that at all. You know, that's just, I'm trying to really, um, catalog these sort of, um, Dylan-esque videos that are like something that I really like so that one day hopefully like I can make that that, that that type of thing like big time you know and um so a lot of it is me bringing a lot of concepts to the table and them getting um tweaked or told you know we need something like it but it needs to be more this or more that um but I don't really want to do like the type of video where a bunch of people are standing outside like um in you know an alleyway and just sort of like dancing in the street like I want it to be like more creative and more like purposeful than that and like like I said like every video I have has cinematic references to stuff I like stuff I feel passionate about you know and um if I'm getting paid for a video you know I want to put like the most of my time and my effort into something that I feel passionate about because that person feels passionate about it so um it's a lot of thinking and a lot of movie watching and a lot of music video watching. And, um, pretty much every time I watch a movie, I'm like seeing like a scene or a setting. I'm like, Oh, like I want to do that. Let me like write that down. Like that's like a cool setting to tie things back into the show later this month with father and, uh, Mr. Awful and Shalem. You mentioned the end of the couch video, but then, you know, we kind of got past that for a second. Of course. Yes. Talk about that for a moment. Of course. That's one of my favorite videos I've ever done. That was actually, I think just to go back, Trey and I have been friends for a long time and he started doing the myth, the Mr. Awful thing. And it was like, you know, it was fun and it was a joke. And we did a few music videos that what they might see the light of the light of day later. Once I have a bigger catalog, I might sort of silently release them and just let them be in the flow of work. But we did these music videos. We did like a Halloween one that like had zombies in it. We're like, we literally buried Trey, Mr. Awful in dirt and had someone dig him out of the ground. There was a grave that said, Mr. Awful. And he's completely covered in dirt and his face, the dirt comes off his face. And the chorus says, she bit me, she bit me, you know? And so he's in the dirt and the dirt comes off his face and she says, she bit me. And it's super, super funny. And, um, but it was like a low level of production, you know what I mean? So we had, we had a few videos up and we had done those just for fun, just to go out in the backyard and do something. And, um, I, me and Trey did a music video, um, like I think our third together for Mr. Awful, and it just wasn't coming together. Like we had done a few scenes for it, and we'd paid a model and this and that, and the video just wasn't coming together. And we sort of we sort of took a step back, and we're like, dude, we've got to think about what these bigger artists are doing that we're not. Like, it's got to be a level of professionalism and and planning, so we know like that it's going to pop off and that people are going to watch it because it's not just made for us. It's made for other people. So we started sort of Trey was making songs and we were talking about like, let's do, let's do a music video, but like, let's take it really seriously. So he would send me a song and I'd be like, I don't know. Or like, I'd be like, this song is it. And he's like, I don't know, you know? And, um, so we met bunny money and she became like a frequent collaborator with all of us. And she really had like her own fan base and, um, just like an interesting sound. I'm like, dude, you got to do a video with her. Like you guys should do like a collaborate collaboration. Um, and then out of nowhere, like a few weeks later, Trey just sent me this song in the couch and he was like, this is the one I'm like, dude, this is the one. 
And so we started talking concepts and, uh, he was like, well, obviously like it's gotta have a couch. And so I had the perfect couch in my house. It was like orange floral couch. Um, we called in Connor to use his basement just because it looked like perfect, sort of like a sitcom based background. Um, and so we took the cat and then, you know, we, we, the song in the couch is sort of about like, um, like stoner culture, keeping you like trapped in the couch, you know, or like, um, like drugs and alcohol are like keeping you like tied to the couch, you know, like I'm stuck in the couch. And so, uh, the first thing that we originally thought of were like, well, it'd be cool if like he pulled bunny out of the couch. So we're like, how do we do that? So we're like, what if we cut out the entire back of the couch and he like pulled her through it? Like, we're like, and eh, that might look like a little bit awkward, sort of like horrorish if she's coming out of the couch. So we, t- we talked a lot about that. And then eventually, um, I think I was watching like night at the museum or something. And like, when Ben Stiller's talking to Owen Wilson and Steve Coogan and they're like small or whatever, I was like, Oh, like that's such a, that's like a super interesting subgenre of film. Like honey, I shrunk the kids and Indian in the cupboard and, um, night at the museum, um, and Gulliver's travels. And the list goes on of like using the effect of like a shrunken person with a big person. Like that's such an interesting subgenre. So we're like, let's base it around that. Like, let's base it around that subgenre of little person versus big person using green screen. So we decided that he was going to like open the couch and bunny money was going to be inside and he was going to like reach in there and she'd be small and it, she'd be sort of looking up and it'd be sort of cutesy and he'd pull her out, you know? And, um, you know, then we talked about, and, uh, you know, we talked about like her being like chained to the couch, sort of like, uh, there's like, a like a cool Jack Hill movie called like the big bird cage. And like these, like there's like this part where this woman's like, I can't remember. Uh, it's a, it, it's some sort of scene where she's chained and bound to a cage and she's struggling and pulling away and this jazzy music's playing. And we're like, Oh, you know, we like that like vibe. So I went and got some, I went to get chains from Lowe's and they had silver chains, but they also had the option of gold chains, like super heavy industrial gold chains. I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. So we get Trey and like out like a full like tracksuit. This is like awful. Um, we get Bunny. She like makes her own like costume to the vi- for the video. And so we go in there and it was really cool because we wanted to like chain them to the couch. And so we like cut like small seams in the back of my couch, and then we put the chains through and tied them to Mr. Awful's wrists. And so he's bound to the couch. And then we had someone in the back of the couch, Connor, um, the guy whose basement we used he was pulling each chain with both of his arms. Like he had them um, sort of like a, a stronghold on them and was pulling them. And so Trey would be rapping and then his arm would just get sucked back to the couch and sort of just like this, like a cinematic effect, sort of like in the Scooby-Doo spooky Island movie where um, they are in the haunted castle and the meat is holding them to the walls mm-hmm. and like pulling them back. And uh, so we incorporated that and then we did, we did that and we're like, you know, we want to do like a flashy car or something, but, we really, but you know, Mr. Awful's funny. So it's gotta be just like the complete, you know, crazy opposite of that. So, um, my grandfather, I just like love my grandfather to death. And, uh, he used to know a guy who owned a 1904, like model T or some crazy year, like 1908 or something. So I contact the guy and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Hal Daddy's grandson, you know, and we'd love to come do this video. And so it's the house next to the pumpkin house. And we go down there and sure enough, he's got a car from like 1905 or whatever. And it's got like three or no, it's got like four or five gas pedals. And like, it's like no car you've ever seen. You know, uh, I drove a stick shift for a while, but this thing is like a transformer. 
And so we went and we shot that on green screen. And so then we did like that little scene um, to kind of throw it in there. And it sort of um, juxtaposes regular music videos instead of being a flashy car. It's like the oldest piece of automobile we could find. So it's funny. And like Trey's like trying to get her to get in the car. And, you know, Bunny doesn't want to get in. And eventually she gives in and gets in the car with him. And they're throwing their hands around and having a good time. And uh, it just came together to be. And, and then, you know, Bunny started um, sewing stuff for Loved by Erica at the time. So she, she suggested like, what if I sewed some of the lyrics onto the couch pillows? And so we ended up doing the credits sewed into the couch pillows. And um, it just was a super cool collaborative effort. And it ended up being like one of my favorite videos. And we had like a, a screening of like all my music videos recently. And some people came that had never seen it. And I think we, we watched like all of them, like all the music videos that um, I've done. And everyone was like in the couch was my favorite. Like they just love like people really respond to that video. And it's sort of a, it was just like a fun one at the time, but it ended up being one of the best. You can catch Dylan Smith's collaborator Father at the Loud on September 24th, that's a Saturday, with Shalem and Mr. Awful and Friends. Thank you for listening to Commonplace. If you liked today's episode, I ask that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review, share with a friend. These are free ways that help the show in a big way. Commonplace is hosted and produced by me, Nathan Thomas. Our theme song is Rescio by Goodwolf from the album Car in the Woods. Join us again next week for another episode of Commonplace. Commonplace.